Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation. It is Scott. Hey, buddy, how's it going this morning? We took one week off, and I feel like it's been eons. I know, right? I'm doing well. Another excellent week of wrestling, and I'm very excited to talk about it. I am as well. If you guys don't already do so, please make sure you listen to Scott's Raw Review and SmackDown Study, both released on Tuesdays and Saturdays, respectively. Especially this coming week and this past SmackDown Study, the draft is going on. Scott will give you his thoughts. Also, I'd like to mention, Scott, we had a big milestone this week. Well, last week on Twitter. We did. We did. We hit that 5K. Ugh, man. I've been, I've been, you know, doing Twitter stuff for a while, and... um even before uh, we started doing stuff together and I was never able to hit anything anywhere close. And this just feels so satisfying. And I know it's just 5k, but it's like, it's that first milestone. And now it's like, all right, 10k we're coming for you. Well, let's also keep in mind. I want, I want all the fans who listen to keep in mind that all that's natural. Scott, I've never dumped money into a Twitter. So in three and a half years, that's been all natural growth, and we're really proud of that. And we want to thank everybody who does follow us. Um, flaunted a little bit, sure. You know, we did that naturally. Uh, the irony is, we did pump money, and like after that, and like nothing happened, which is ironic. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I swear, I think that I think the advertisement was broken because um, I know when we were talking about that that page was having some major issues. So I think we just need to pump the brakes on it and bring it back. And I think everything will be fine after that. But yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty hilarious. Like we hit 5k, like, all right, let's, let's do this promotion. Oh, Twitter, you're going to break. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Thanks guys. Bye-bye 50. Um, (laughs) So we're going to get right into this. We got, we got some things we want to cover. We're going to talk a little bit about last week's Arthur Ashe stadium show from dynamite as well. (laughs) Always the worst week where I miss to record. It's like, oh, what's going on? It, don't worry about it. And then we go to record. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that did happen, huh? <laughs> huh? Yep. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Just just to kind of go back, I will recount some of the times I was not able to watch or live tweet Dynamite. First and foremost was Bash of the Beach. 
Second of all, was the George's did the Georgia Dome show. Those two shows didn't live tweet. Still have not watched them. I need to go back and watch them at some point. But they were shows that probably would have been great content. I don't. I don't think we were podcasting in at that point, or at least to this magnitude. But whew, I want to talk about that. Also, want to talk about a couple other things going on, guys. First and foremost, MLW is doing tapings for their new Fightland show. Spoilers have dropped, and I was debating with Scott to even mention them. We're not. But there's some exciting stuff going on here that I'm looking forward to. Um, I know Bobby Fish made his debut over there. Um, TJP Alex Shelley to Jerry wrestled. Um, speaking about Alex Shelley, TJP, if I'm not mistaken, TJP just joined Will Ospreay's Empire faction Ooh. over in New Japan. Which is, it's interesting because I was just watching a video about, I think who put out, Cultaholic or what culture. It was like 10 wrestling gimmicks taken from movies. And the one of them they mentioned was Okada's gimmick when he was over in TNA or Okado, where he was dressed up as Kato from the Green Hornet. And New Japan was bullshit when they saw what they were doing. And they actually, I was reading, they wanted an actual written formal apology for trying to destroy their prospect. Makes sense. Makes sense. And now here we are where TJP, who is a TNA talent or impact talent. And he's now, it's it's almost like that never happened. Well, I mean, if you think about it, I think there's been like three or four different management changes in impact in TNA since that's happened. So it kind of is like it really didn't happen. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it almost seemed like TNA was re- when they were TNA, they were really trying to like go after what WWE was trying to do, doing they dumb were. shit like that. And yeah. now it's like you watch them and it's like, wow, you feel like you're watching ring of honor. Yeah. It's when I, well, when I was able to watch it live, it was, it had that, I wouldn't really say indie feel to it, but it had a, I don't know. It was in like a weird hybrid like situation, but it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible television at all. It was good stuff. It was just, I don't know. TNA's always been hit or miss. Like they can have some real fire stuff. You talk about like aces and eights, the whole hearty um, broken universe, you know, and, the talent they other. generated themselves, you know. Yeah, like, they did some great stuff, but then there's some terrible times, and it's just like, oh my god, like this place is doomed. They're not going to be on television for more than like a month, and somehow they always find their way out of it. And I feel at this point, like ever since Slammiversary a couple years ago, like they really have been on a, a upward trajectory. Maybe not as fast, obviously, as like AEW, but. They're they're still on in an incline, so they're still working their way up. So I, I I like to see that. The more competition that is out there is is better for all wrestling fans. They just need a better television deal because I want to watch them again live. <laughs> yeah, they need a, and I know Access owns them, but it would be nice to see. Oh, even get Access on in more more houses. Yeah, I mean they're on a higher cable tier, but I'm not paying all that extra money for one extra channel to watch. A two-hour wrestling show. Just let's think about let's think about the irony of that, Scott. I know you're gonna pay a higher cable tier to get 
and this isn't to knock any of these other networks, but you got to pay a higher tier to get lower quality TV. I don't need another 30 stations to show me music documentaries or movie documentaries or, right. oh, you know, here's, here's another 100 cooking channels that I don't need. Right, exactly. Like, I barely watch cable outside of wrestling as it is, and I keep looking at my cable bills, and I'm just like, do I really want to deal with this? <laughs> Sling Scott. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to jump over quickly. Um, We have some other interesting things going on that we totally mi- – actually, no, this was this week. So it sounds like SummerSlam next year mm. is going to take place in the U.K., for the 30th anniversary of 92. Um, the front runner venue is Cardiff's Princi- Principality Stadium in Wales. Ooh, all right. The venue can hold 78,000 people. Oh, hello. Uh, yeah, they'll fill that definitely with, with oh, my God, with UK fans? Absolutely. <laughs> well, so so I have two, I have two things here, and I'm going to say one of them off the bat, and I've said this for years now, And I've told you this, and I've said it on the podcast. Why the fuck is SummerSlam held in an indoor venue? I agree, 100%. SummerSlam is the party of the summer. It should always be held outside. Because I remember when I came, like I said, when I got back into wrestling, it's like, oh, cool, SummerSlam. This will be fun because, you know, it's one of the big four. And it was at 2016, and I'm watching, I'm like, this looks like a glorified episode of SmackDown and Raw. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> this should be outside. Like what they're doing with the Rumble right now. It's like. I love it. love it's it. like they're out in a bigger venue. They're not like. Trying to like. They're not trying to be WrestleMania. Because you save the, you save the, 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 the spectacle for Mania. Right. But it's like. It has a bigger feel because it's in a bigger venue. Right. Um, and SummerSlam should feel like it's outside. Agreed. Second of all. I would be curious to how fast this show sells, especially with everything else. I know in the States right now, they're like on a downcline with ticket sales. Um, I don't know how it is over in the UK. I know they don't go over there often. So maybe because their time of going over there isn't as often, they'll fill up that stadium. Well, I know UK fans are a lot more rabid than we are. And I'd say that in the best way. I don't mean any disrespect. Um, I love watching when I was watching NXT UK shows, like the crowd there, I want every American city to be like them. And I know with, you know, COVID and whatnot, it's been, it's been tough. Like I, I do have a, a couple of friends that do live in the UK. And when I talk to them about it, they're like, it's, it's terrible. Um, but to get them outside again, especially if it's outdoors, I don't, I don't know the full um, the full law when it comes to how they are with COVID and whatnot. But if you put, you know, close to 80K in a stadium for wrestling to get people outdoors, people will go. I, I can almost guarantee that place will sell out. I don't know how fast, but it will sell out easily. Yeah. No, I mean, if it was like... I, I think that's the best way to going back to the outside thing. I think this will be a way to sell it. Um, had they gone, yeah, we're just gonna run SummerSlam in a small, small, small arena. I don't see it selling out, or maybe right. it will because again, they're not over there often. But right. I know they just actually came back from a UK tour, so um, that also kind of made I think it was last week's um, SmackDown a little bit more interesting because it was only like a handful of talent. Um, 
but yeah, it's nice to see them over there. Um, I would like to see some more Raw and SmackDown tapings over there. That was always fun. Because um, again, the crowds are just absolutely insane, and I love them, and I want to be a part of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't tape while they were over there. Um, why? I don't know. But I want to jump over. We're talking about attendance. So if this ad gets out of my face, um, last week it was announced that there's an. I think I don't know if this is a new. St- yeah. So a new stadium being built on Long Island called the UBS Arena. Mm. Um, I believe it's the new home of the Islanders, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, if you're into hockey, I mean, the Islanders don't matter. So, <laughs> Ooh, did I did I spit fire? Ooh, Sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm waiting for the New York fans to come out and attack me. Um, but anyways, and, and, and honestly, like, I know Raw holds a taping on the 29th of November there. AEW is going to hold a taping on December 8th. The building actually opens up on the 20th of November. And so far, ticket sale, and this was from two weeks ago. I don't know what the updated sales numbers are here. So I'm going off of a two-week-old article. Um, this article was written on the 19th. As of last night, the Raw set for the 29th, it only sold 2,365 of the you know 7,398 tickets available, the 32%. Now... The AEW and Dynamite, the Dynamite and Rampage tapings, just a week later, as of the night, the same night, sold 6,167 tickets of the 8,851 tickets available, 70%. I know some people people like, oh, they've been on sale. The fact that they were able to sell this quick, I think, says a lot. Yeah. Um, If I'm not mistaken, though, I will, I will for WWE's benefit. I will stay. I will stand up for them on this one, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. No, mm, I guess I can't. No, I was gonna make the argument. I go maybe that's Thanksgiving week. It is the week. That's the Monday after Thanksgiving. Yep. So maybe people will be <clears throat> will be traveling home by that point or whatnot. Especially with Black Friday, a lot of people are already in Christmas shopping zone, and yeah, by that point, they might be traveling home. That makes sense. Yeah, so I can make that argument. I would like to see what the ticket sales are now. If anyone has an updated article or count, I would definitely like to look into that. But I think it still still says a lot. It does. It does. I mean, AEW is on fire. I mean, there's no there, 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 there's no denying that. If you're if you're still not at least acknowledging the fact that they're doing really well for themselves, then you need to stop living under a rock. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, I think that's what we have for news. I want to get right into what happened this week on NXT. Scott, kick us off. Good old NXT 2.0. I want to say, I I was going to cover this last week, but I'll talk about it now real shortly. Um, I'm completely on board with 2.0 now. Um, I know that last, the first week we talked about it, I was very hesitant. Um, The whole, like, I don't know, maybe it just, I'm a creature of habit and I'm not really big on change. And, (laughs) But the 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 way they're presenting it now, um, talking about these stars, most of them are getting their own little vignettes now, and um, 
the quality of the stuff that they're able to do in the ring, you can tell they're still new. They're still, you know, unpolished, ready to, you know, not completely ready to go. But that's the whole point of the show. It's going to be more of a developmental brand like they were honestly trying to have this be. And you get to see people grow from the ground up. And and I can I can appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump right into this action. Uh, our first match, which I was a little surprised at what they threw on top of this, it was Electro Lopez from uh, Delgado, uh, oh my God, Legado del Fantasma taking on B-Fab from Hit Row. Now, they made this a no-DQ match, so I'm like, okay, this is a way maybe to get around both of their, I don't know, green-ish style of wrestling. Um, I haven't, obviously we haven't seen B-Fab do too much in the ring. I think maybe this was her second match and Electra Lopez, same thing. Like we haven't seen her too much on television outside of beating people with lead pipes. <laughs> um, but the match was, the match was good, um, for what it was. Um, Lopez actually gets, gets the victory, um, which I was actually surprised with. I didn't expect, um, B-Fab to go down so quickly, but with what happened this past Friday on SmackDown, Hit Row was drafted to SmackDown. Now, the way, and I talked about this on my SmackDown study, the way the draft is this this year, none of these picks are going to be in effect until the night after Crown Jewel, which is Thursday, October 21st. So we're going to have this three-week, like, I don't know. Interesting period of nobody really knows where they're going <laughs> or or they may know where they're going, but they're still on their old shows. So it, 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 it kind of makes it feel like it's going to be a bit of a mess, but that's the main roster. It's always a mess. So it's, you know, status quo. <laughs> uh, we then moved on uh, to Zion Quinn taking on and defeating Oni Lorcan. This one surprised me. Now, I know uh, Zion Quinn got the win over Boa weeks ago, um, but I, I kind of chalked that up to, you know, a storyline with what was going on on that side of things. But Quinn looks pretty good. He's tapping into his Samoan background. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. He's a Samoan. Okay. I can already tell. <laughs> um. After that, they had a interview with uh, MSK, which turned into a lovely little brawl um, because Grizzled Young Veterans came out. They won another shot at the titles, which is still a crime to me that they have not been NXT Tag Team Champions at least once at this point. Um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams came out. Carmelo teasing that maybe he'll use his guaranteed title shot in a tag team championship match, which I think would be a huge mistake. Um because you can't count on yourself. You have to rely on your tag team partner as well. And I think that would be a colossal mistake. Uh, but that's just my opinion. And then Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, who have been on every episode at this point of NXT 2.0, and they're really pushing them as a tag team. Now, <clears throat> with them, I get this, I get this odd feeling of either they're like um the new apa 
just obviously without the dra- uh, the the beer drinking right now, or Garrison Cade and Trevor Murdoch. Those are the two tag teams that I could see these these two turning into at some point or another. It just they're at that almost at that precipice of one way or the other, and I really feel. I mean, I'm not sure how this will go. I know Josh Briggs from the indie scene. I've I've watched him in a bunch of matches. Like he's ridiculous by himself. I don't know anything really much about Brooks Jensen, so I'm kind of just going with it. But you know, the way they formed as a tag team, they beat the shit out of each other in a bar, and then they're like, "Well, if you can come up and punch me in the face, then I gotta respect you for it." So now they're a tag team. Okay, that works. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it just shows that. The NXT tag team division uh, has plenty, plenty left to uh, to fight about. Um, I know with the draft continuing on Raw this upcoming Monday, uh, it makes you wonder, or at least it makes me wonder, if maybe MXK will be called up because I think they're ready. But who knows? We'll see. After that, we had our NXT Women's Tag Team title match. It was uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark taking on Toxic Attraction. Um, first of all, I love this name. I think it's perfect for three beautiful women to be called Toxic Attraction. I mean, it's toxic? Yeah, it's just, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Io and Zoe getting the win, uh, which was a little bit of a... Part of me actually thought this was a bit of a surprise um, because EO and Zoe, they're like this dysfunctional tag team, but we never see them on television. They've only defended the titles, I think, twice now. And it's still, I don't know, I, they need to give us more on these two or you need to separate them and let EO shine and Zoe as well. It's just, I don't know. We'll see going forward. Uh, after that, uh, Boa took on and defeated Andre Chase. Um, Andre Chase, <laughs> his his gimmick, um, I don't know, Sam, if you've been able to to, to watch uh, NXT this past week, but the whole university of Chase uh, or Andre University or whatever the hell they're calling it, it's just, it screams like Spirit Squad or Chris Nowinski, like, they're recycling something, um, but I appreciate it for what it is. Um, Andre Chase is is a is a great he's a great performer, so I think he'll do this justice. But it's just he's so obnoxious, and I love it. <laughs> uh, no, Roderick I did not Strong. actually get to. I uh, sorry, I know I did not get to watch, but I definitely want to because I'm curious with all the other talent they're bringing up right now. Yeah. I know you've had you've had a busy couple of weeks, so it's totally understandable. <laughs> well, I'm looking at this next uh this next uh art, uh part of the show, and I'm totally need to watch it now because I totally missed something. Which part are you talking about? Uh, there's a match that includes oh. a title. Oh yes, with Roddy Strong, uh, yeah. defending his cruiserweight title versus Grayson Waller. Now, last time we saw Grayson Waller, I believe he was with Drake Maverick in like this thrown together tag team. And I'm like, who in the hell is this kid? But it was a good match. Um, I like that when they throw this new talent at you and you kind of don't know what to expect. And then they impress a little bit. It's like, okay, all right. 
Um, but Roddy does obviously retain um, using the rest of Diamond Mine there as well to help, help him hold on to the title. Uh, then, if I remember correctly, let's see. No, it wasn't the main event. Uh, but another hard ki- hard hitting match. Kyle Riley taking on and defeating Rich Holland. Um, it just, I'm glad that Kyle's back. I kind of expected him to disappear after his beating that he took uh, to take him out of the title match. Um, I also kind of expected that to be a call up when they started doing the draft. But and of course that could still happen because Monday is still. Monday's still coming, so so who knows? But I feel like Kyle's time in NXT is is numbered at this point. I really truly feel like he's not going to be there for too much longer. Well, if they're bringing up Hit Row, like like not to give any spoils away, but if they pick it up Hit Row and they've taken Austin Theory, yep, I don't see a reason why he would hang around, especially when they're trying to push the younger talent. Right, exactly. Yeah, if they really truly want to get, it's another reason why I'm surprised that EO and Zoe won because I figured EO would be called up immediately. She still might be, so who knows? Um, but our main event, which was a great match, but I was actually surprised by how this ended, was Raquel Gonzalez taking on and defeating Frankie Monet for the title uh, to retain. Um, but. The crazy part happened after this. When this match was over, Toxic Attraction came in the ring, took out Raquel, and the show ends with Mandy Rose holding up the NXT title. Now, you remember how I feel about challengers holding on to a title. Yep. The difference is she's a heel, so it's okay for her to do it. That's the only and, time I think it's acceptable. Correct. If it's a face, don't touch the title. Um, I can't emphasize that enough but the fact that she had it she held it up and looked absolutely fantastic with it and to the fact that now all the commercials that come out for nxt 2.0 she's holding that title so it's like spoiler alert Hmm. but no it's a good show we also had some some more vignettes uh i'm i'm after just finishing The Sopranos, and I just watched The Many Saints, uh, Many Saints of Newark yesterday, mm-hmm. it perfectly wrapped up the whole show for me. And now we have someone coming in, debuting next week in Tony D'Angelo, who basically screams a character from The Sopranos. I am so excited to see. I hope to God that this kid is good in the ring, uh, because I'm already completely in love with his character. <laughs> It's funny. Some of the shots I've seen, all I can think about were the early Razor Ramon vignettes. Yes, that too. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with you there. Um, We then had probably one of the most hilarious couple of, they had a couple of videos of Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell's honeymoon. And of course, the Garganos are there because why wouldn't they be? Um, I won't spoil it for you, but those of you who've watched this stuff, please, please let us know how you felt about it, because I personally love this shit so much. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to how Sam feels about this when he does get around to watching the show. Oh, my God. I can never get enough index. Right now. <laughs> it's the greatest thing in wrestling. It really, truly is. It's a fantastic storyline. But we'll go from one fantastic storyline to one that I think is very controversial and... I have feelings about this myself, um, and I know obviously a lot of other people do, but Joe Gacy, his character now that he's developed is 
I don't know. <laughs> Personally, I hate it. I really, truly do. Um, I don't feel like that, that type of character really needs to be in wrestling because there's enough of it going on in the real world. Um, and I'm not taking a political side here. I'm just like, I feel like wrestling is my escape from the rest of this garbage that goes on on this planet. <laughs> and when you bring stuff like that into it, I don't know. It just, I'm just not, a, I'm not a fan of it. Some people like it for the parody aspect of it. I get that it is comical, but it's still, I feel like it's, I feel like it's not needed. No, that's, that's a great argument. I, I, I heard about this. And all I saw is I think somebody said the first week of his content was like ripped like immediately. Oh my God. He, he, I mean, I was, I was, I was on board with that as well when it came to ripping it apart. Um, and I would have, if we, <laughs> yeah, I would have talked about this a lot more probably at length last week. Um, but I don't know the fact that he, <laughs> he comes out and he says, um, just like, in fact, like I, I have not been canceled when everybody in the world wanted him to be canceled, um, was just a slap in the face to everybody, but it was needed because yeah. All right. I, <laughs> I don't want to get too political here. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I'm curious. I gotta go back and find this stuff and watch it and kind of keep up, you know, keep myself in the loop. However, I think we want to talk about the elephant in the room. The last two weeks of Dynamite. Scott, I said something to you last week when the Arthur S. Stadium show went live. Yep. You remember what I told you? This felt like the mix between WCW Nitro at its hype mixed in with WWE at the height of the Attitude Era. The mm. crowd was... And yeah, we could talk about the rest of these shows, oh yeah, there's some okay stuff, but the crowd didn't stop. No, it was it was just a hundred percent go. I loved it. And it was and I know some people are like, oh, you can never replicate that. You can and this I'm gonna say something controversial. Yeah, you don't have the rock, you don't have Stone Cold, you don't have, you know, Triple H during that time, you don't have Shawn Michaels during that time, you don't have all these other people during that time. But this, and I know JR said this. This roster could rival any roster that exists. And he's not saying that they're better. He's just saying that look at how this crowd reacted right. all night. You go back and watch – again, I will always go back to probably one of the best crowd reaction matches ever, The Rock and Hogan. Yes. You want to talk about a crowd that's just on fire? That crowd. And last I, week's opening match. I also will say that was a non-American crowd, by the way. Oh yeah, that was in, that was in Toronto, wasn't that it? That was in Toronto, and again, another rabid fan base, Canadian wrestling fans. I mean, seriously, my God. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about this. So, and we're gonna we're, this is all I want to talk about um, from last week because we could we could talk all day about that that stadium show. That is ever since CM Punk came back, they've been on this upward trend. And I every time something happens, they put another piece down. They put another piece down. They put another piece down. They almost seem more complete, more full, more legitimate. This to me felt like the final piece of them. Oh, we're not just 
a a t-shirt company that signs indie wrestlers anymore. So we're going to talk about the opening match, and we're going to go into this week's Dynamite. That match that kicked off the show was Kenny Omega taking on Brian Danielson. And what was something, again, had you told me in 2017, Scott, when you and I met, hey, in four years, you guys are going to see Kenny Omega taking on Brian Danielson in a company that's going to rival WWE, probably would have shot you in the face. Like, like you are a psychopath. You are nuts. You'll never see that because Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan is a company guy now. Yep. And at that point, still retired. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look. I know some people were actually upset with the way the match ended. Ah. And I said, who I forgot who somebody said they weren't, they didn't like it. And I'm like, no, that was perfect. Kenny is still on top. There was no shenanigans, and Daniel Bryan look. I go, nothing says more about two talent when they go to a time limit draw. Yeah. That was their argument with Darby, I would say, when he wrestled Cody. Remember, I think mm-hmm. it was his first match in AEW. Yep. He goes fight for the fallen. Um, time limit draw. Fucking time limit draw. And you're like... That is how you put somebody over. It truly is. Because you can't... If you're an established talent... And you can't put this rookie away. That immediately puts him over. Now, you can kind of make the same argument for Kenny and Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson's technically a rookie in AEW. Kenny Mega is supposed to be the, you know, the, the, the world's yeah, the champion, the world's best bout machine. He can put anybody away and he can't put him away. Now, I, I loved how Kenny spinned it in saying that Daniel Bryan, um, well, Brian Danielson, it's going to take me a while to get used to that. Um, Brian Danielson couldn't beat him. It's like, well, Kenny, you couldn't beat him either. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's like, there will be no rematch. I'm like, oh, Kenny's scared. Kenny's scared. I love it. It's 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 great storytelling. And I, it, and I truly appreciate it. This match, and I think, and again, I love AEW. I love the product. My favorite thing about this match both of these guys are not high flyers. They can do some flippy shit when necessary. Right. But these two, this was like a brawl. Yes. Yes. This was a brawl. There were times where I think you texted me because we were on delay. Right. And you're like, you, I see your face. Like, and I'm like, you're like, just, no, just wait, just wait. And I was sitting there and watching them the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, yes. yeah I know. I know. It was just hard hitting. They took, like, the first 30 seconds to just stare each other down. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone realizes. I th- Sometimes you want them to go head-to-head and start clamoring, but I think the best matches start where two talent who are very over to begin with yep. just stand there yep. and stare at each other because yep. you know it's going to happen. You're there now. It builds that anticipation, and you could tell, like, the decibels of the crowd was just getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And then that first collar and elbow tie up, the crowd was just like, it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was great. It was incredible. And the way, again, because you and I were talking about this, we're like, you can't, how do you do this? You know, Kenny loses, then he looks weak. You know, Brian Danielson loses. I'm like, he loses first win. No, you can't do. And then you were like, time limit draw. What if they do time limit draw? That would be that was, the, that was the thing. Like I never even had that in my brain until they when they were announcing them and they said 
you know, the opening contest is one fall with a 30 minute time limit. I'm like, they're going 30 minutes. This is going to go to a time limit draw. Holy shit. How did I not think of this? It was, yeah. And, and I was just like, I, okay. And I love the fact that we actually sat down and well, we didn't watch it together per se, like in, in, in person, but watched it over, over Skype and, um, me with on being on cable and you were on Sling TV, there was just that that little bit of a delay. And something ridiculous would happen and I'd lose my shit. And then Sam's looking at me like, what? And then it happens to them and he loses his shit. It's just... <laughs> I wish I wasn't, but, you know, it was a joy being able to watch a show with you again. Cause it we was, haven't, yeah. We haven't done it since, I think, uh, Slim anniversary of Bomb for Glory last year. Yep. Um, but this match for me is probably already in the top ten for the year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then they were smart and they followed up with CM Punk coming out. Right. Yeah. It's like, who else to keep this momentum going? But CM Punk, who is equally as over as those two. This, the bookings, the bookings incredible, even with um, jump back to the news quickly, even with the rumor that Tony Khan has full creative control over everybody and the EVPs have kind of just like in name only. He might be a fan. Who has a lot of money and started a company, mm-hmm. but I think he understands the business. Right. You know, had somebody else done this, like Herb Abrams, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. Um. He he knew he 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 gets it. Yeah. He understands it and he's doing well with the product mm-hmm. at hand. But we're gonna get into this week's episode right away. So first and foremost, we had the opening bout of Jungle Boy taking on Adam Cole. It was funny because just the week, a uh, week or two prior, somebody posted dream matches we can see with Adam Cole in AEW now. And this is like the first match on that list that came up. Yep. And when I realized they're going through the card, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, this match going on this match. Oh my God. They're starting with it. They're starting with it. <sighs> to see, this was a <sighs> Adam Cole, baby. Looked phenomenal. Yep. Jungle Boy looked just as incredible. I love, too, even with them being a heel faction, AEW has been like, okay, yeah, we could do some heel bullshit, but let's show you why we signed these guys. Right. Yep. They let them go out and wrestle. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I was, like, happy with Kenny Omega, where we we got the, the match we wanted. You know, this match, same thing. We got the match we wanted. Even with Adam Cole defeating Jungle Boy. <sighs> Let me tell but, you. But mm-hmm. he had to cheat to do it. He did. That is great storytelling as well. I mean, he, he's consistent. Yep. He is consistent. Um, following that, we had the Elite come out. Just like we were talking about. You know, Kenny Omega sitting there. You, know, you, you, know, you couldn't beat me even though we tied this and that. To which Brian Danielson gave – I got to jump back one more time because <laughs> when this started, Adam Cole, who didn't start off with the story time quote, asked if – was it him or was it Matt? I forgot one of them. It's like, who's ready for the greatest wrestling promo of all time? And I'm like, okay, tune our horn a little bit, whatever. This was a memorable one. Whether mm. it was the greatest, I don't know. But it was memorable. 
because especially with Brian Daniels, he and not I I've always liked his mic work. Yeah. Obviously in WWE a little more restricted. Here. <laughs> He's the American Dragon again. And it's 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 lovely. He and it's funny because He's not really a face, but he's not a heel. He's right. definitely an anti-hero because he's like, I'm just going to kick people's heads in. That's what I'm here for. Yep. I'm actually the best in the world. Like, he's almost like saying he's the best in the world without saying it. Right. You know, especially sitting there and he goes, you know, making the Kenny No Balls Omega statement. And that crowd just ate it up. They just ate it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> The ways we've gone from a year ago where it was the uh, 69 me Don comment. That episode still gets downloads, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably the same reason why people watch TNA back in the day. Oh, yeah, TNA, I'll buy that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got to jerk off to something. I mean. <laughs> now, this was great. And then, you know, Christian Cage came out. Luchasaurus. I love how Kazarian is coming. Like, he's the elite. Hunter, he's just there's something he needs to be in a main event match. Kazarian, he just he, he's ugh. everything was right about this promo. Yep, everything was right about it. Again, the crowd was on fire. And this is keep in mind, this was the bro, this was the Brody Lee one, yes, um, episode. Um, Yo, following that, we had a solid match. Again, Dante Martin on the card. Yep. For like, what, fourth, fifth week in a row at this point? Mm-hmm. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, who, you know, when he signed, I'm like, cool, Matt Seidel. You know, I didn't know about Evan Bourne and whatnot at the time. But he's somebody who's grown on me as a tag wrestler. Um, And then we had Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson. Again, this was a great match. Rhodes and Johnson won, I believe, Johnson got the pin here. Yes. Uh, which is great. They're really pushing him up the card. He's another one who I think he has a lot to offer. But but we had another fire promo. One of the two promos this night, which I would be question uh, which which I will um questionable content within said promos. <laughs> now I am a man of South Park. Nothing bothers me. Very little bothers me. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily bothered, but looking at the way they've presented themselves as a company and what they're expecting, especially after the Max Caster stuff recently. Right. I was surprised two of these these two promos happened. So first and foremost, Arnie Anderson, it looks like he has split from Cody, saying that you don't listen to him, this and that. If we were both in a car getting robbed, you would give him money. If it was me, I would pull... I would take out my Glock and shoot him square in the face. Glock Anderson has arrived, folks. <laughs> Glock Anderson. That's yeah. I need the memes, the videos, everything that's come out since that promo has been some of my favorite stuff to watch. I just <laughs> and so I, good. I know the point he was making. Yeah. And again, I'm not bothered by. I'm like, yo, Arn just went straight up like gangster. Right. But I was just like, especially with the with recently the um, I know this is like two totally different topics here, but like Chris Jericho coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, they almost said that they were gonna pull the show if I smoked again on TV." Right. 
It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen any reprimands for these comments. No, which is also crazy. Like, I know we'll talk about MJF's a little bit later, but I honestly expected, like, when I heard the stuff that he was saying, I, I was like, oh, man, this, mo- this boy's going to get fined. Holy shit. You can't talk about that on TV. What's going on? I guess my thing, especially after Max Caster, I forgot what Max Caster said. That got oh, him. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, well, he, he made rape jokes. So, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would be curious to see what the line is. Rape, obviously, no, nah, rape jokes on TV, that's totally no. That's a no no. Yeah. But guns are okay. Shooting somebody in the face apparently is okay. <laughs> I, it's a fine I, line, I, folks. It's a fine line. I, I, I'm just curious. So, like, I'm again. I thought the promos were bomb. I thought they were incredible. I just want to know where that stands. Right. In the in the playbook of theirs and TNT, even the network. Yeah. Well, they want drama. Apparently, now you have some drama. So. Following that, we had John Mox, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen taking on Beer Country, and Anthony Green, a good good friend of yours there, my friend. I was very happy to see him on television. Uh, I know he was just recently on on Dark um, having a match, a tag team match against FTR. And even FTR was pushing that match on Dark. Um, I still haven't got a chance to see it, but the, some of the people that I've talked to said it's easily the best match of the night. I'm like, well, I'm not surprised. Uh, so I feel like that was probably why he was on the show. Um, because you do good work, you get exposure. Um, I also love the fact that after watching that, that match, I was looking online, like in the days since, and everybody's like, why are they beating up Seth Rollins? I was like, Ooh, is that a compliment or is that a, is that a bad thing? Either way, Anthony Green's being talked about. So put this boy on television more. Do it. You cowards. Do it. Yeah, no, it was, it was cool to see him. It was, and this, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's weird seeing people leave one company. I mean, it might have been. This must be like Monday Night War shit all over again. Again, I wasn't old enough to like watch this, but like everything I watched, all the documentaries, everything I've read, to see this talent come over and be like. They were just there like a yep. month or two. Like, yep. you know, Adam Cole or even, I mean, fuck, you think Moxley is such a staple with this company now. It's almost right. to the point where you're like, yeah, he was a WWE guy at one point. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's exciting and it's fun and I love it. Um, I think we're actually going to see him what, on uh, Friday? This coming Friday? Is he wrestling? Yes, he is. Chaotic? Yes, yes, he's wrestling uh, DVN, who we just interviewed. So, if you haven't listened to that, go back in our archives and find that match that we uh, that match <laughs> that interview that we had with Davian. Um, yes, this will actually be my first um, uh, local indie show that I'll be able to go to since the pandemic started, and I cannot wait. Number one, number two, I get to go with my boy over here. We get to we get to spend some quality time and watch some people beat the ever ever living shit out of one another. <laughs> I'm so excited must, for it. If you must know, guys, plot twist: we will not be tweeting to uh, Rampage next Friday. So, nope. nope, no Rampage, no SmackDown, no SmackDown study on on Saturday morning. 
Um, I did mention on this past week's. I'll try to put it up as soon as I can. Most likely, it'll probably be from Monday morning. Um, as for our above the ring episode, that's that's to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> well. Right here, so the next match we had, and this is what I think I tweeted. I felt like the card was going super fast. Like, they were just banging out yeah. matches. Yeah. And now I realize why, and we'll get to that. So next up was the Dark Order and Orange Cassidy taking on the Hardy family office. Um, It's good. I mean, it was, it was, I think this was their tribute match for, for Brody Lee. Being in Rochester, yep. um, I looked for what it was. You know, I loved how Evil Uno and Stu Grayson decided to walk away at one point, and then not just Ty and Anna J came out, but also Amanda Huber. And I don't know about you, but I I I cheered up a little bit there. Yeah, his wife comes cool. out and is now I don't want to say playing games, but is you know she's throwing her hand in in you know in the pile. Right. And it was it was a lot of onions got a lot of yeah. onions being cut. Yeah, it, it was tough. They ended up winning. I did have a question. I'm not familiar with. So it was like a 16 man tag match. Yeah, I know that was insane in its own right. <laughs> um, you had the butcher, the blade, um, hybrid two, private party, Matt Hardy, and then you had this other guy who I'm not familiar with. Yes, he George Old. Yes, he is actually Robo, another indie uh, indie talent who I've actually been able to watch before I moved up to Vermont. So he's been with the Hardy family office for a while, kind of like exclusively on Dark and Dark Elevation. Um, the only reason why I knew he was a part of the team is because I've seen some of his um, social media posts. And I'm just like, wait, he's in the Hardy family office? What? Holy shit, that's fantastic. So, again, another person they throw on television. I'm just like, yes, give this man more exposure. He's fantastic. No, he looked great. It was incredible. I was just like, I'm like, who is – why am I not familiar? Let me tell you, if I if I watch Dark and Elevation, man, I would have no extra time uh, for myself welcome, at all. Welcome to my life, Sam. <laughs> um, but, no, it was cool, and it made sense for him to take the pin. Yeah. Um, the lesser known talent, but didn't, didn't, I don't think it took anything away from him. He was great no. in the ring. Yep. Uh, this was great. Good match. Good, good, good hug. We didn't get Rotunda Wyndham coming out, which I think they want to wait for, which would make sense, especially when you dropped all this talent recently. Right. And I think people forget this. Um, I did myself until I, I kind of did the math for it. His 90 day, um, no compete clause doesn't end until October 29th, which is also a Friday, which is also a day of rampage. Also two days before Halloween. I mean, if that doesn't spell out the perfect day to debut, I don't know what is. Hold a second. Yep. October. October 29th. Yes. Like the end of this month. Yes. Wait a minute. Is that a rampage or is that a, yeah, that's a Friday. Right. Nope, nope, that's, nope, nope. So, uh, they haven't promoted it at all, but the 27th is Boston, oh. which I have tickets for. Oh, boy. And if which... Rampage isn't live... Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're having a moment, folks. We're having a moment. 
Sam, I swear to God, if he shows up, you better fucking tell me. <laughs> Sam's going to need a minute. Sam's going to need a minute. <laughs> We're going to move forward now <laughs> because I'm wow. Wow. Yep. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's a possibility. So just, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And also, I will be live tweeting both those nights because I don't think Sam's going to be able to contain his excitement. <laughs> well, that's where we're at now, guys. There we are. Okay. Um, <laughs> following that, we had our women's tag match, uh, Ty J and the Bunny, taking on the Bunny and Penelope Ford. I love this feud. I love this feud. Everything about it. It's good. It really is. I mean, honestly, like, you, you worry sometimes with some of the feuds, but this one really fits. It does a good job with these four. No, it was great. It was good. Obviously, Ty J got the win. They look great. They're. I don't know how you'd be able to turn either of those two heel. You know, there's some baby faces you just can't see it happening. Yeah. Like, like you know how we always talk about like some baby faces that they just try too hard, and you're like, oh, yeah, just make them heel. They'd be the. You're trying too hard. They're just like. How how would they how would they be healed? Yeah, you know, especially going up against you know people like Penelope Ford and the Bunny, you know, Allie, who I think are great heels. Yes, I agree. Also, I want to point out just before this match, we had another promo from Dan Lambert in Men of the Year. We got the Ethan Page that we deserve in AEW. That Mike work was astounding. Yes, there's a reason why he was the Mike guy. When he was uh, with Josh Alexander, not that Josh can't talk, but all ego, all the time. Yep. I want the men of the year. More men of the year. Now, controversial promo number two. Mm. Mm. MJF. MJF's out there, you know, doing MJF stuff. And then Darby Allen comes out. Mm. We don't hear him on the mic often, but we actually heard him on the mic here. Yeah. I do like the fact that MJF talked about the four pillars of the future for AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the fact how he dismisses Darby so quick. <laughs> Obviously leading to Darby to come out. And then the controvers- controversial words were spoken. <laughs> yeah. So we got this. This is great. Um, Darby comes out, makes a couple of statements. MJF cuts him off. Um, talks about the reason he wears face paint is because he was in a car accident with his uncle years ago and almost killed Darby himself. To which MJF said, the only problem with the worst part about that night is that, and I might be misquoting here. I don't know how he worded it. It was like the worst part or the only thing that didn't go right that night or something along the lines is that the wrong man died that night. Yeah, and the the uncle was was a drunk, and it was just like, yeah. 
MJF doing MJF stuff. And even still, it was like, like I audibly was like, oh my God, did they really say that on television? <laughs> that was the thing. It's like, did they say it? But also this, I don't know which one's more shocking. Because I expect this from MJF. Right. Brian Pillman Jr.'s mother should have swallowed. But this was almost like, and this is a, tra- I mean, this is something traumatic. I mean, obviously, Dar, I have faith that Tony Khan or MJ, or they would, if 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 Darby was uncomfortable, they would not have done this. Right. They 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 would not have pulled this if he was uncomfortable. This isn't like the thing that Vince McMahon wanted Dean Ambrose to say about Roman Reigns. Right. Where Vince was like, "You're gonna say this," and Dean's just like, "Yo, go fuck yourself." No. Not doing that. Um, but also Arn coming out and saying what he said. Right. It was Arn, Arn Anderson, who is not a heel, by the way, currently. But also, I mean, what I mean, what's his background? I mean, he grew up in what the South somewhere, so he probably has some like fucking hard ass roots himself. That yeah, I mean, his his you know his career work. He was mostly a heel, but he did have some great promos. But he was mostly just I'm gonna punch you in the face, and that's why I kind of love. That's why I kind of love FTR so much because they're they they're in that same vein, and I, they also had a, uh, I believe a promo either tonight or on Rampage where they're like, yeah, we were worried that you know my brother was gonna you know lose his life, but now we're re- you know reinvigorated and we're we're gonna we're gonna take faces off and i'm like all right let's go i'm ready yes <laughs> yeah no and they're one of those teams where they definitely feel old school like you definitely get this feel like yeah we're gonna we're gonna celebrate what we grew up with yep like not like the 90s but like early 90s late 80s yep and they do it really well and i think they deserve another title run some point after I agree. you know the Lucha Brothers have a wonderful ten ear tag reign. I can see them <laughs> taking it from them too. They would be the guys to do it. What a difference in style, too. Like completely different in style. Because FDR is so like by the rules when it comes to like traditional tag team match, and the Lucha Brothers are completely opposite. They're like fuck tag team rules. There are no rules. It's just Lucha rules. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think that no. would be a lot of fun. If you put those two in a program, mm-hmm. well, let's 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 jump right ahead to the main event: TNT Championship on the line. Sammy Guevara taking on the champion himself, Miro. Boy, oh boy, what a match this was! Then again, mm-hmm. going back to the thing where I'm like, oh yeah, this is why is this why the, why are they going through these matches so quickly? Because even the 16 man wasn't long at all. No. It was maybe five minutes, ten minutes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe ten. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, this happened. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Boy, this was about. Yeah. This was about, and there were so many close calls. There were so many close calls. And even up until the end of this match, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't either. I didn't and either. You, I know I would always love to have Miro to have the title again or have it a longer. He is still an older star, and they still need to work on this younger talent. Right. So here, and it, it, again, you want to talk about a pop. 
Yeah. The pop. Ladies and gentlemen, Sammy Guevara is the TNT champion. And boy, again, more fucking onions, man. This was just a moment. This was like one of their, you know, shining, like, AEW homegrown talent. I mean, not homegrown, but you guys get what I mean. Right. Um, they were incredible. They looked incredible. Oh, my God. This, I'm so happy, especially with JR screaming. JR has to be all behind Sammy because he's just like screaming. I could hear him saying Stone Cold in the back of my head when he said, yeah. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. It was so much fun. I can't wait to see what he has in store. Well, I mean, we know because Wednesday, Scott, he has a challenger. And he does. Undisputed challenger, if you will. <laughs> Good old Mr. Bobby Fish, who just recently signed with MLW, coming to TNT to challenge Sammy Guevara for that TNT championship. It's going to be a great match. I can't wait. I can't. I'm looking for. Oh, man. Like, again, how do you how do you not keep this momentum going? Right. Like, where does it stop? Like, I'm just like this. This was a good episode. Again, I, I think there was a lot of matches that were rushed. Um, but I think it was because you had the opening match, you had the ending match. You needed your time to, you know, dedicate to Brody Lee. Yep. Great night. I also just want to want to talk about the former champion for just a second, mm-hmm. for Miro. Um, when I first watched Rampage, I was actually not happy. I wanted Miro to have a longer reign. But as the days have gone on, I've under, I've kind of like come to terms with like, all right, this makes sense. You want the younger talent to have the TNT title. I get it. But now, if Miro doesn't come out and literally destroy everybody on under like two minutes, then I kind of feel like this might have been a mistake. Either that or immediately throw Miro into the heavyweight title picture, but you really can't with Kenny being a heel. We need a face champion before Miro can really truly go for that title. If you want to do the whole heel versus face aspect of things. But I feel like I saw on Twitter, I think it was maybe the next day, that Miro said he and his God are going to have a chat. (laughs) Yeah, no. So I, 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 I... I hope he comes out and just obliterates everybody until he either gets a rematch or he gets a title shot, the heavyweight title shot. I think that just needs to happen at this point to keep him, his momentum going because he's been literally unstoppable, had great matches. This momentum needs to continue to go. Yep. No. And I, and I agree about, you know, as I know, and this is something I think we all need to keep in mind. Um, I know some people get met, um, have a couple of friends who get upset because, oh, this person's not on TV a lot. This person's not this. This person's not that. Unfortunately, they only have three hours of TV time, not including Dark and Elevation. Right. Um, also, the Forbidden Door is open, so he can go anywhere. True. So I keep that in mind. I mean, he can even do indie shows. That's the one thing people forget, you know, with AEW signing all this talent. Oh, you know, you know they're going to burn themselves out, this and that. I'm like, yeah, but in WWE, when they signed all that talent, if they weren't being used, they sat there. And couldn't do anything. Whereas now it's like, we don't have nothing for you for the next two months. Go do some indie shows, go to Japan, go to Mexico, go to the UK, go work MLW, go work Impact, go work this, go work Ring of Honor. The doors are open. Yep. So, I mean, I won't be upset if we don't see him, but I definitely don't want to see him go away. I want his promos about him and his uh, pretzel bending wife. So. (laughs) 
who also, if we're going to talk about CJ Perry for a moment, she's been putting out, um, she just put out a video talking about how she's going to steal the TNT championship away from Sammy Guevara because he cheated to win. Um, how he did, a, what was it, a 630 onto Miro's dick, <laughs> which is the only reason why Miro, could, <laughs> Miro couldn't kick out. And I watched back. He literally did. <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay. I can actually buy this now if they're going to continue to to run with that. Um, I would love to see her in AEW, even if it's just in a supportive role um, for Miro. I think that would be great um, because it would be everything that WWE fucked up when it came to them as as a, a manager wrestler before. I think that they really could do something, even with how Miro talks about her, if they like. I don't know. They could do some crazy shit, and I think it would be kind of hilarious to watch. Yeah, no, it could be. Uh, oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nope. Um, it would. It would be incredible. Um. So bear with me. Do, 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 do. Yeah. No. I. They need to make it happen. Um. So we're going to jump over. We haven't been t- uh, watching Impact, Tweet Impact. It's been a crazy few, like, months. Uh, i got a lot of other things going on. So I still want to at least give you guys coverage. So, you know, covering it. Because there is some stuff going on, especially going into the Bound for Glory. Um, so this week, I think it happened last week, uh, Christopher Daniels is back at Impact. I love it. Uh, <clears throat> open about here, Laredo Kid, Alex Zane, and Trey Miguel uh, took each other on in a three-way for, I think, the number one contendership for the X Division. Uh, Miguel defeated Zayn and Laredo Kid. Uh, the influence, um, Tennille Dashwood and Madison Rain took on Jordan Grace and Rachel Elring with the influence defeating Grace and Elring. Mammon Felton took on Christopher Daniels for Daniels to defeat Fulton. Rhino still looks like he might be punished by Violent by Design. Maybe he joins back. I don't know. It was a street fight between W. Morrissey and Eddie Edwards for the main event with Edwards coming over Morrissey. After nice. the match, Moose came in and took out Edwards. Ooh. And Morrissey uh, made Alicia watch as her husband got destroyed. So that's interesting. I like that they kind of called back to the Moose-Eddie Edwards feud because that was that was quite the thing back in the day. Um, can we also – I remember I sent you this video – uh, can we talk about the Deanna Peraza, Mickey James brawl in Mickey James's barn at her own home? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that this has gotten so personal between these two is just brilliant. It, it just it, it it speaks to to just how good both of these women are. Um, <clears throat> it's I'm looking forward to this match. Um, I will buy Bound for Glory, even though I haven't been watching. I've been trying to pay attention. So I think this could be one of the matches of the night easily. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree, especially with Deanna being on fire. Yes. Okay. So following that, Scott, you want to talk to us about Rampage? Is that something I missed last night? A little bit of Rampage. Yes. So... Our opening contest, Brian Danielson and Nick Jackson. 
we talk about some good wrestling. Holy shit. Um, I think some of my favorite parts were Nick Jackson was trying to do the yes kicks, to Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan, like the first couple, he was just taking it. And then after that, it was kind of like he started not really hulking up, but kind of just like, bitch, are you doing my kicks? And he like he would lean into the kicks and it would just like the crowd would just start popping every time he would do it. And it was just. I don't know, I really thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um, I love this whole this whole thing. Um, so. If I remember correctly, Danielson gets the win. The elite comes out. Uh, to help Nick, they go to attack uh, Brian Danielson, and then Jurassic Express comes out with Christian Cage. There's a kind of like a, this tense standoff because there's going to be a big six man, I believe, six man tag match come Dynamite next week, and then it just breaks out into a brawl, and then we had probably one of the greatest moments I think. Um, when it comes to like face versus heels, you have Adam Cole caught in the snare trap and you have Kenny Omega caught in the label lock and both faces make the heels tap. Now I sent out a controversial tweet saying that, Oh look, Kenny tapped before Adam did wink <laughs> because I'm still, I am so firmly in the camp of Adam Cole will be the destruction of the elite. I am firmly in that camp, and I don't think there's anything really that can sway me from it. So having this is, I think, just another another thing. Just have Kenny tap just that one half second before Adam did. It was just, I don't know. It couldn't mean nothing, but for me, I was like, all right, this just adds another layer on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after that, we had our... We had some some backstage interviews. We talk about uh, Ricky Starks having a special message for for Brian Cage before they have themselves their match. Um, CM Punk having another backstage interview talking about how he's happy that you know what he's been doing so far has been a success, but now it's trying to get down to brass tacks, trying to get down to business, and he's going to start going after you know the talent that he wants to fight. And talking about whenever, you know, CM Punk's in the ring, nap time's always on the menu. So it's like, I'm happy that Punk's now kind of just going to continue to go out and have some five-star matches. Uh, I really feel like, I don't know if he'll ever hold the title in AEW, but I think he'll definitely do great to put people over, whether he loses or wins in matches. It's always fun to see what what Punk's going to do next. We then had our three-way match uh, with uh, Jade Cargill taking on Isla Rose, taking on Thunder Rosa. Fantastic. What's the word I want to use? The match itself was good. Uh, Just the presentation of all three was was fantastic. Uh, With... Surprisingly enough, I, I expected Jade to win, but not to pin Thunder Rosa. I figured Thunder would be, you know, maybe the third person out and maybe they'd put Nyla down, but they didn't. So I'm interested to see what happens after that. 
Uh, Malachi Black um, stating that he is effectively done with the Nightmare family, but other people on the roster have a toll to pay. So his future is kind of up in the air. We don't know who's going to attack next, but whoever it's going to be, may God have mercy on their souls. (laughs) (laughs) And then our main event of the night was a hair versus hair match. Orange Cassidy took on HFO's Jack Evans with Matt Hardy. And when I heard this, and also I want to take a step back and say, I, I, I like the fact that they've taken Mark Henry off of the commentary table, but I love the fact that he's there for that final interview before the main event. It's just, it, it, it that little segment for him fits perfectly. Talk about how the talking has stopped and it's time for the main event. It's just, <laughs> it works. It works. I like what, I like what they're doing with them. Um, but this match is exactly how I expected it to go. Orange Cassidy gets the win. Um, Hardy had called down the rest of the Hardy family office to to come in and attack Cassidy so that um, Jack Evans wouldn't get his hair cut. But the rest of um, Best Friends and the Dark Order all came out, made like this, this human wall. And Hardy family office wasn't able to get through. And then Master's like, ah, oh, it's just a haircut. It's not a big deal. And he just turned around and kind of left Jack Evans for dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, we do the 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 big cutting of the the ponytail from Orange Cassidy, and then they shave the top of his head, and they just kind of just let him go. And he still has hair everywhere. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Jack Evans looks next week. Um, hair versus hair matches are always, I don't know. For me, hit or miss. Like it could be really good, it could be really awkward. I kind of feel like this kind of fell into the awkward category for me because it's like, what's what's this really gonna do for Jack Evans? Like normally a loser of a hair versus hair match has a huge change in character and it ends up taint, taking them in a completely different, you know, direction. But for Jack, I really don't get it. I understand he's just the pawn for for Matt Hardy. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes. I honestly really, truly expected, maybe this might happen one day, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy in a hair versus hair match. Maybe this could be the start of the fall of the Hardy family office. It could be as well. That's very true. Or at least know- having hybrid who being taken out. Because mm-hmm. Angelico did try to help his partner, but the Dark Order just beat the crap out of him and left him, pretty much left him laying. Because <laughs> they've always been a fun tag team to watch. They were one of the original signees to this company. So yep. I'm kind of curious where that would go. Um, but also, before we get off the air, before we cut this episode short, um, six wrestlers have been announced for the Casino Ladder match on Dynamite this week. The anniversary episode, Scott, two years. I can't, I can't believe it's already been two years, Sam. I feel like, yeah, they're still, I mean, yeah, they're in their infancy compared to how long WWE's been around. But, I, oh, man, Scott, like, what the fuck? Two years? I know. So, let's get right into this. Um, So, we have Pac, Andrade, El Idolo, John Moxley, Lance Archer, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and a Joker. Winner receives a title match. Yep. Who could this be? Um, Adam Page. 
That's my first thought. That is my thought. That is my thought. Because he's been gone forever. You know, he, he requested time off. This could be a perfect way to throw him back in. Especially if he gives him a title shot, you immediately get Adam Page versus Kenny Omega once again for the title. Yes, that's that's what I think. But also, we are just a little over a month from the pay-per-view now. And I know we still probably have at least two more matches. Well, we'll get one. But we probably have a second match, too, somewhere in there with him and Brian Danielson. Right. So I'm curious where this is going to go. Well, we all know how Brian Danielson likes to be, or at least Daniel Bryan does. He always likes to make things triple threats. So you can see, if it is Adam Page, you can see Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson versus Adam Page. I'm just throw my money at it now. Just... So then you'd be able to go, hey, you know, he'd pull the, oh, I, you couldn't, neither of you could beat me. One and then on one. The, exactly. One of them could go, hey, but one on one we could. Yep. And then obviously give Paige the belt because Kenny's pushing a year right now. Uh, True. Ten months, I think. Yep. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on what's supposed <laughs> to happen. I'm excited. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We are looking forward to the the coming weeks of everything. And if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at above the ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at above the ring. Don't forget to follow ship at studios, our new partnership that started a couple months ago, um, as well as our friendly rivals or friends at back to the ring. Uh, you can find myself as the SOB official and Scott as Scotty J stream. We are on all streaming platforms. If there is one, you can't find us on though. Cause Scott, those do tri- trickle in from time to time. It's true. Um, Please let us know. We'll make sure that we get ourselves on there. On your streaming device, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Ship It Studios and Above the Ring is the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. As always, thank you so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.